Good morning, sports fans, batters, and cappers, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Competitive Hedge Podcast. I am your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterell, and thank you all for joining me here today. This podcast is all about sports and the world of betting. We talk about results from yesterday's games, wagers, and headlines before diving into today's betting slate, and we cap things off with our daily betting card. Now, not the most loaded slate of games for you here today. We've only got three betting plays at the end of the show, but we got a lot to chat about, especially with that crazy NBA trade deadline that happened yesterday, as well as the NFL honors. So before we get into today's episode, we got to talk about the great folks over at Bet99, which is a Canadian sportsbook and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, and EPL. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile, and their mobile app can be downloaded from the website's homepage. Now, depositing and withdrawing funds is hassle-free with a number of well-known methods available to use so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 with their live chat option. So go to bet99.com to make an account. Use code SHOOTERS at signup, and please be responsible gambling. You must be 19-plus years of age, and if you have concerns or questions about your gambling, or the gambling of someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Also got the Saskatchewan number down in the ticker there, 1-800-306-6789. Have fun sports betting. Don't let it control your life. And let's get into the show. So we got a recap yesterday from a betting perspective. We went 500 yesterday. Wasn't our best day. Wasn't our worst by any stretch. New Jersey and Seattle on the ice, they went under six and a half. That one was relatively no sweat. Three to one was the final in that game. Devils picked up a home win, and I saw a lot of people on Seattle. So assuming uh, Vegas did well in that game. Edmonton in regulation versus Philadelphia. Two to one shootout win. Philadelphia wins outright at home. So the Flyers, tough team to bet right now. Uh, Very inconsistent, especially when we seem to bet on them. Now, college basketball-wise, Ohio State, they lost outright as minus five and a half. I I thought that that was a trap line by Vegas, but Northwestern pulls through. And the big reason why was three-point shooting. Northwestern finishes with 12 threes and Ohio State just a single one. So 69-63 was the final there. And then to cap it off, Purdue and Iowa, 87-73, Purdue picks up the victory. So a one-unit win there as well. Now, we got to talk about the latest headlines from yesterday, and it was all about NFL honors and trade deadlines. So let's talk about who took home some awards yesterday. Um, We got to start with the MVP of the league. That goes to Patrick Mahomes. Not a big surprise that he takes home this award. Um, He was the best player all year. Jalen Hurts getting hurt late in the year certainly solidified Mahomes as the second, the two-time MVP now of the league. Now, Comeback player of the year, that went to Geno Smith. I loved it. It was a great storyline throughout the year. Seattle had the worst odds uh, in the NFL to start the year. Um, They were projected to be the worst team. But Geno's resurgence, he took them to the playoffs. So love that uh, storyline there. Brian Dayball, coach of the year. I may be a Cowboys fan, but I respect what he did for the Giants this year. 
another team that not a lot of people expected to be a playoff team, and he got them all the way to the playoffs. So well-deserved coach of the year honors there. Garrett Wilson, offensive rookie of the year. He barely took it over Kenneth Walker. That would have been my pick as well. It's weird because Walker did finish with more first place votes, but Wilson had more points overall. So he takes home the award. And then uh, Nick Bosa, defensive player of the year. Um, looked like it was going to be Micah Parsons for a lot of the year, but that last month of the season, Bosa really took over. And then we got to finish it off with Justin Jefferson, offensive player of the year. And we got to do it because we had a ticket on Justin Jefferson, offensive player of the year, plus 1,600. So we cash on the year when it comes to NFL future bets. Now, trade deadline moves. It was a loaded day yesterday. Um, it started yesterday. I guess it technically wasn't yesterday. It would have been in the evening. But with that Kevin Durant trade, and we talked about it yesterday, there's a lot of role players that moved yesterday. So we're going to talk about the deadline moves that mattered uh, yesterday. There's a four-team trade to start things off. We're going to go by four-team, three-team, then, then just two-team trades. The four-way trade between the Hawks, they get Sadiq Bay, Golden State, Gary Payton Jr., Detroit, uh, James Wiseman, and in Portland, Kevin Knox. I think it's a great move for uh, Atlanta here. Um, overall, just a really crazy four-way trade that happened early in the day. Three-way trade-wise, we saw the Clippers get Eric Gordon and three seconds. Houston, they're reunited with John Wall, who had some interesting things to say about uh, them recently. Uh, Danny Green as well. And then Memphis gets Luke Kennard. I think it's a good move for the Clippers. Houston and Memphis, I think it's it's all right. Kennard is a three-point shooter, so I guess that helps Memphis a little bit, but not a ton. Then you had Portland in a three-way trade. They got Matisse Thibel, Philly gets Jalen McDaniels, and Charlotte gets Svi Mikhailik. Um, I think this is more so just a good move for Portland and Philly and Charlotte. They're blatantly tanking, and I think that shows in a trade like this because they don't really get a lot back in this deal. And then Milwaukee gets Jay Crowder. Uh, Brooklyn gets three second-round picks. And then Indiana gets George Hill, Ibaka, Nawara, and two seconds. I think it's a good one for Indiana. It's fine for Milwaukee getting Jay Crowder, although they had to give up a couple of role players in order to get him. And then Brooklyn, they just add more picks because they are in full-on rebuild. Now, Pelicans get uh, Josh Richardson. I like this because they get a perimeter defender. The Spurs take on Devontae Graham and four second-round picks, so they get exactly what they want which is a player that's not going to help them win games as well as picks for the future. The Lakers did get Mo Bamba yesterday. They gave up Patrick Beverly in a second. Um, I think they had to make this deal because they later on ended up moving on from Thomas Bryant. So uh, getting Mo Bamba, he's a nice young piece. Um, and Beverly, let's face it, he wasn't doing a lot there for the Lakers. So meh, it's a meh trade for both sides. Clippers traded Mason Plumley, and Charlotte gets Reggie Jackson. Um, I think it's a good move for the Clippers. They got a really solid big now. And uh, Reggie Jackson, I think he's coming towards the end of his career, so he can ride it out in Charlotte. Phoenix got Darius Baisley for Dario Saric, who's heading to OKC. I like the Baisley move. Um, when they made that KD trade, I think a lot of people were worried about, well, what's going to happen now with their depth? Well, I think adding a guy like Baisley just helps with that and gives them a little bit of a bench presence. Then you had the Clippers. They moved for Bones Highland and Denver gets two second round picks. I don't know why Denver made this move. If I'm being perfectly honest, I thought they could get a little bit more for Highland. He's been fairly solid, but the Clippers get a nice backup point guard there 
for their team moving forward. So a lot of trades. Uh, Phoenix, obviously, they moved up to third best odds to win the NBA title. It's still the Celtics and Bucks with the best odds, but a lot of moves. And the Western Conference should be interesting moving forward after that three-teamer with the Lakers. How are they going to look? You already had teams like Denver that were solid. Dallas made the move to get Kyrie and the Clippers revamp their team as well should be a fun second half of the year so with that let's head to the daily game slate where we talk about uh what we see on the betting slate today but before we do let's play the video All right, so let's talk Phoenix Open, where we're at with our bets after day one. John Rahm, he's tied for sixth after the opening day, uh, so top 10 looking pretty good with him. Rory had a tough start. We have him top 10 as well. He's tied for 82nd right now, so we're going to need a big second day from him. Justin Thomas, he's tied for 58, so he can turn that around for a top 20. And Sam Burns tied for 19th, so if it ended today... We got two winners, two losers. We'd profit for the week. Let's hope that we can have a couple guys turn it around and have a big week in Phoenix. Now, soccer-wise, we do have Birmingham City at plus 250, taking on West Brom at plus 110. I don't have a banner for that one, but Birmingham City, they sit 18th in the standings. They're coming off a victory, but they did lose four straight games prior to that, whereas West Brom, they're sixth place in the table, winners of four out of their last five. Both teams are in the top half of goals per game, so I will give them credit there. It feels like a good both teams to score spot, and the main reason why is with Birmingham City being at home, I think they get a little bit of a bump here, and I'm not worried necessarily about West Brom scoring, so I think so long as Birmingham City pulls through, it's a relatively safe bet today. I'll be honest, NBA-wise, there's 11 games happening tonight, but I think you have to fade all of them due to these trade deadline moves. You can monitor injuries if you'd like and see if some of these guys get slotted in tonight. But with so many players on the move, we don't know right now where this is going to look by the time tip-off happens. So we're not even really going to dive into NBA today as much as we would like to. It just feels like a bad spot to uh, go and bet on teams that you're really not sure who's going to play. So many injuries across the board as well. Um, Dallas, no Bertons and Kleber, and they're taking on Sacramento today. Um, and a bunch of others. No Jalen Brown for Boston tonight. Maybe Robert Williams or Marcus Smart, but again, their game time decisions as well, despite the fact that they're minus nine and a half at home. Um, maybe we see Joel Embiid tonight, but he's also a game time decision as they take on the Knicks tonight. Um, so we're staying away. I think you guys should as well. Um, just because it is a Friday night doesn't mean you have to go and bet on the NBA with all of these moves that happened yesterday. NHL-wise, that leaves us a pretty slim slate, but it is uh, a slate indeed. Four games happening on the ice tonight, starting with Seattle and the Rangers. Now, Seattle, they lost on the road yesterday, um, obviously in that uh, game against New Jersey. Now, they are taking on the Rangers, who are minus 175 at home. As I said, cracking on a back-to-back. Rangers are coming off a victory just a couple nights ago. Looking like we're going to get Igor tonight for uh, the Rangers. Philip Grubauer is projected right now. I don't know if we're going to see him tonight. I I assume that we will, just given that Jones went yesterday. 
But it is an interesting betting spot. I do kind of like the Rangers. Maybe you look at taking them in regulation tonight because minus 175 is a little bit juiced. But nonetheless, that's a game to keep an eye on early on in the night. Puck drop at 7 Eastern time. 7 Eastern time is also when the Leafs and Columbus Blue Jackets uh, puck drop happens. Toronto are minus 250 on the road against the Blue Jackets. We're expecting Samsonov and Corpusalo to go tonight. Would maybe look at a Toronto puck line here. I think that's the only way that you really find value here. Columbus has lost three straight games coming into this one, and the Leafs are coming off a rare loss of their own. So I think it could be a big win spot for them. One thing to note, though, is that over the last couple of years, Toronto kind of plays down to these sorts of opponents. So it is one to keep an eye on. If you love the Leafs, even on the road, then maybe go bet the puck line. If not, then I would just say stay away. You really don't want to get into betting a Columbus plus one and a half. Then Arizona and Chicago. This line movement has been a a little bit. Um, Chicago yesterday was minus 110. Um, Then it went all the way to even. Now it's to minus 105. So the public's a little bit divided on this one. It's because it's two bad teams. Let's face it. Arizona, they're only 6-20-4 on the road this year. And Mrazek being in net for Chicago doesn't really inspire a ton of confidence, but they've also lost two straight games heading in. I'm actually taking this opportunity, I think, tonight to maybe bet my first Chicago Blackhawks game of the year. I have stayed away because they are such a bad team all year, but I think there is a chance here that I take a look at this one tonight. As I said, Mrazek going, Vegmelka going for Arizona. Puck drop there at 8.30 Eastern time, and then at 10 Eastern time, We've got Pittsburgh taking on Anaheim. Pittsburgh are minus 250 here. Looks like we're expecting Jerry and Gibson to go. Um, That's why we see the massive Pittsburgh line here, because Gibson is only 10, 20, and 5 on the year. Pitt, though, they're a pretty average road team. So I think if you're maybe looking for a bit of value here, Anaheim plus 1.5 at home has a little bit there. Um, Anaheim's also been playing some better hockey recently, so maybe worth taking a look. And in college basketball-wise, there's only one ranked game happening. That's number 13, Xavier, taking on Butler. And Xavier are minus 6.5 right now. And I know that it's not this simple, but the fact that Xavier is averaging 83 points per game to Butler's 66, I just think that that's very telling that we're only seeing minus 6.5. Butler, let's just face it, they're an awful team. One of the worst power, I call it power 6 conferences because I throw the Big East in there. Um, I just think that they're a really bad team in Xavier. They have an opportunity if they can win out this week to finish in the top 10 of the AP polls. So I do like that number minus six and a half. As I said, it may be a trap, but I'm certainly not going to bet with Butler. So that's one to take a look at. Now we got to give our final Super Bowl prop bets for uh, the Super Bowl. We've given 20 out so far. We got five more for you here today. And so let's start with Who's going to win outright? And, and we like Kansas City here, money line at plus 105. I think Mahomes' brilliance is just going to shine through. I know that Philadelphia has probably the better top-to-bottom roster, um, but they have the mo- better player at the most important position, that being quarterback. So I'm going to roll with Mahomes there, which also means that I'm going to take him to win Super Bowl MVP at plus 116. I know it's boring to go and take quarterback for this award, but I think six out of the last 10 have been quarterbacks. And it really feels like if he doesn't win it, Kelsey, even if he catches three touchdowns, it means Mahomes is likely brilliant. Maybe you take a look at Chris Jones if you're looking for more of an outside 
player here. He makes a ton of big plays on that defensive line for the Chiefs. So that could be one to look at. I'm also taking the over in the game at 50 and a half at minus 115. I think we see roughly 23 points in the first half, and then we get like a 30-point second half to go over. Um, Just feels like a spot here where they feel each other out for the first quarter, and then from then on, it's an absolute shootout. Um, (laughs) Guess who woke up and is watching? Appreciate it, Mo Murphy. Then we got to talk about the Gatorade bath, lemon-lime, plus 165. I really wanted to go orange here because if you are back in Kansas City, you have to go dive into the numbers, which says that when they won the Super Bowl last, that it was orange for uh, the Chiefs then. Um, So overall, I just really like this spot. I think that it's a great opportunity uh, with the lemon lime. I know it's only plus 165, but nonetheless, really love the spot. And then lastly, who's the MVP going to thank first? And I'm basing this off of who did Mahomes thank first after the AFC Championship? He thanked God, religion, whatever you want to call it, AFC champ. And so at plus 200, I'm going to take that one as well. That is 25 prop bets that we've given out on the show. We've tossed five bucks on every single one of them. We'll see how we come out at the end of the day. Now we got to cap things off with our last call pick segment, which is sponsored by the Last Mountain Distillery. As we said, it's a very light slate of bets today, but nonetheless, we got three plays. But before we do, we got to play the video. All right, so Last Mountain Distillery is family-owned and operated, located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country. Saskatchewan's first micro-distillery success lies in their commitment to producing high-quality handcrafted spirits. Their craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of the grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Check out some of their great products like their local vodka. Uh, Old-fashioned, I really love their bottled old-fashioned, and then my wife loves the dill pickle vodka. She's big into the Caesar game. As far as what are the odds for Kelsey for Super Bowl MVP, as we got asked in the comments, Kelsey is plus 1,100 if you're looking for uh, MVP. If you're looking for Mama Kelsey, I don't know what to tell you. Now, let's go and give you our three plays for today. We're going to start out. Uh, we did not update our banners, so we're going to have to rip through these pretty quickly. Birmingham City and West Brom, both teams to score at minus 112 for one and a half units. Birmingham City get the home bump. West Brom are the better team. Really love the spot for this one to finish 1-1, maybe 2-1. I'm taking the Blackhawks money line versus Arizona at minus 110 for a full unit. I think about if I'm ever going to take a (laughs) a Chicago play, it's got to be this one. Arizona might be the worst road team in the league. So I'm going to take Chicago at home to get the win. And then to cap it off, Xavier minus 6.5 versus Butler at minus 110. This is 1.5 units taking the offensive juggernaut on the road to win in a big way. Butler are terrible. Anyone who cheers for Butler is terrible as well. Definitely taking a shot there at a certain someone. But go follow us on all of our social platforms at HedgePod. We'll be live uh, talking about our bets throughout the day, maybe some headlines as well, maybe talking about how overrated Masai Ujiri is and how Raptor fans don't want to hear that. But nonetheless, appreciate everyone who tuned in. Enjoy Super Bowl weekend. There's going to be a ton of great basketball as well. Uh, NHL loaded Saturday there. And then we head into the big game on Sunday. Appreciate you all. And we'll see you guys next time for the Competitive Hedge podcast.